0: Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Hear now the word of the Lord from the book of Acts, chapter 4. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was with him, and so were Caiaphas John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage, of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously... Almighty God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who inspired Luke to write down this account of the healing of the crippled man and of Peter and John's defense of the gospel. And we ask now that your same Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and that you would enable us to understand For it's in Jesus. When I first became a Navy chaplain, chaplain, I was assigned to a Marine Corps helicopter squadron at Alameda Naval Air Station. And one weekend, President Bill Clinton flew in on Air Force One for a visit in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we had the opportunity to greet him outside of the air terminal. We stood behind a yellow rope waiting for him, and then it started to rain. And as he walked down the stairs of the plane, we thought that he would just get into one of the black limousines that was waiting for him at the bottom of the stairs and drive off so that he wouldn't get wet. But instead, he walked past the limos and out to us as secret servants, secret servant agents ran up after him with umbrellas to cover him up from the rain. And he came straight to us. And when he arrived at the yellow rope where we were standing, he came up and he started shaking hands. And when he got to me, I saluted since I was wearing a uniform. And I said, good afternoon, sir. I'm a Navy chaplain. And I want you to know that we pray for you every Sunday. And he said, thanks. I need it. (laughs) And then he paused and he said, thank you very much. I appreciate that. God bless you. That night, my sister called me and said, I just saw you on TV shaking hands with Clinton. And so I called the TV station and asked, can I get a copy of that videotape? And they replied, sure, for $700. <laughs> and then I asked, well, can I get a copy of one frame of that videotape, the one that shows me shaking Clinton's hand? And they said, yeah, no problem, $700. <laughs> Now, I did want a picture of me shaking hands with the president, but I didn't want to pay for it. So I thought, maybe the White House photographers who were there taking pictures got a picture of me shaking hands with the president. So I I wrote a letter saying, please send me a picture of me shaking hands with the president. I was wearing green, it was this day, it was this time, the president was wearing a suit, and I addressed it, White House photographers. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. A few weeks later, I received a big envelope in the mail from the White House with a picture of me shaking hands with the president. So I took the picture with me when I went to pick up our son, Andrew, from elementary school. And I said, Andrew, we're going to stop at Target on the way home to get a picture frame for this picture I just got. And I showed him the picture, and he said... Dad, this picture of you is, you're shaking hands with President Clinton. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, well, this must be the most important picture you've ever had in your whole life. And I said, no. The most important picture I've ever had in my whole life is a picture of you with your mom and your brother and me that's on my desk in my office. And as I heard the words coming out of my mouth, I thought, that was way smarter than I am. (laughs) And I remember praying a silent prayer saying, thank you, God, for those words to my son. Now in chapter 10 of the Gospel of Matthew, our Lord Jesus Christ tells us that there will be times when the Holy Spirit will give us exactly the right words to say. The apostles Peter and John experienced this in Acts chapter 4, after they had healed a beggar who had been crippled from birth. And the people who saw this miracle were astonished. And so Peter explains what was going on in Acts chapter 3. Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. As a result, about 2,000 people became followers of Jesus, 2,000 more people. But the leaders of the Jews became upset because Peter and John were telling people that they were eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. So these leaders had Peter and John arrested, and they convened an inquiry in front of the entire Sanhedrin. The leaders asked them, by what power or what name did you do this miracle? And Peter responds in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, verses 8 to 12, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, Which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. The Holy Spirit filled Peter and gave him exactly the right words to help these leaders to understand who Jesus is. Peter begins by using a word play in Hebrew that the listeners were familiar with as he quotes from Psalm 118 verse 22. The stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. In the original Hebrew version of this verse, the Hebrew word for stone is eben. The word in Hebrew for son is ben. Now here Peter is saying that Jesus, God's son, Ben is the stone, ebon, that the builders had rejected. But God has made this stone, ebon, into the capstone, the foundation of your faith. Peter then uses the Greek word for salvation that's used in the original Greek version of this passage, so theni, to further explain how Jesus is the foundation of our faith. Salvation Sothenai in Greek means both restoration to physical health and preservation from eternal death. By using the word sothenai, salvation, Peter can move in his argument by explaining that the source of the man's healing, Jesus Christ, is also the source of eternal life. The name of Jesus is the only name by which one can be healed physically and spiritually. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. The leaders of the Jews were themselves witnessing another miracle that was taking place right in front of them. As the Holy Spirit spoke through Peter, a miracle was going on. These unschooled, ordinary men from the backwater of Galilee, no less, were presenting a concise and well-reasoned scholarly argument about who Jesus is, God the Son, the only source of salvation. They were able to present this argument as the Holy Spirit gave them the words, doing this miraculous, event enabling them to present this message. Unfortunately for these scholarly leaders, they were unable to understand what was going on. Instead, they became concerned that word would spread that people can be saved physically and spiritually in the name of Jesus, especially since everybody in Jerusalem came to realize and understand what was going on. Peter and John had done this miracle of healing the man who had been crippled from birth. And especially since the healed man was standing right there. So they commanded Peter and John not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter replies, Judge judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Have you ever been involved in an important conversation? And it was time for you to say something, and all you could think of was, I got nothing. You know those times. Somebody is waiting for a response, and we can hear a clock in our minds going tick, tick, tick. And all we can think of is, uh, uh, uh. But we're really sure that that's the wrong thing to say. These are the times when we will need the Holy Spirit to give us exactly the right words to say. Just like he did with Peter and John. Maybe it'll be when we're given the opportunity to explain to someone who is physically ill or suffering that there is healing in the name of Jesus. Maybe it will be when we're given the opportunity to help someone know that there is salvation from sin and death through the name of Jesus. Maybe it will be a time when we're given the opportunity to give a message of hope, or a message of comfort, or a message of encouragement, or a message of love to someone who desperately needs to hear it. During these times, we can ask the Holy Spirit for exactly the right words to say. All we have to pray is, please, God, give me the words. If all you can come up with is, Lord, have mercy, that's a great prayer. God knows when our minds are full of confusion. And God knows when our minds are full of nothing. God also knows when our minds are full of the wrong things to say. Not everything that pops into our heads is from the Holy Spirit, even after we pray for the right words. John later wrote in his first letter to the church, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We need to test the spirits, test the words that are coming into our minds. In order to do this, we need to think like Jesus thinks. If something comes in our minds contrary to what the Holy Spirit has already said in the scriptures, then those words are not from God. It's best to keep those thoughts to ourselves. When Peter spoke... He was saying things that the Holy Spirit had already inspired the prophets and the psalmists to write in the scriptures. This is how we know that the Holy Spirit is the one who is giving us the words to say. If our thoughts are the same as Jesus' thoughts, if our words are the same as the words that the Holy Spirit gave to the writers of the scriptures, then we can speak what's on our minds. God will enable us to bless others and to point others to Jesus with just the right words. Whenever we're stumped for something to say, ask the Lord for help. God will fill our minds with the Holy Spirit so that we can say His words and bless others with a message from God. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.